Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Network podcast. This is a series of conversations aimed at building stronger connections throughout the improv community. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are your education team. What are you laughing about? <laughs> I, I don't think there's a way you can start this without making me laugh. Hey! <laughs> I love it. I, it's it's general like excitement when you start. So it's, it's not me. Not, not funny. I don't uh, think there's a way for me to not be caught off guard, even though it's a freaking <laughs> countdown. <laughs> a countdown. Oh, hey. Uh. <laughs> well, then I also laugh because I realized I put on cologne to do this. I don't know why. Like, I get ready before the show, and I'm like, you know, all right, time for the show. You smell great. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, for the viewers out there, can you tell the difference whether uh, the episode, whether I'm not, I'm wearing cologne? I need to know this. Yeah, I turned it off. Bob wasn't wearing cologne. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so we are your education team for the Improv Network. Uh, you can go to theimprovnetwork.org to see all of the offerings and improv resources um, that the Improv Network has to offer, including festival listings and um, uh, team profiles, individual performer profiles, teacher profiles. Uh, you can also find interviews and blogs uh, and an Improv FAQ page uh, with an archive of these uh, streamed conversations as well as a mini lecture series from yours truly. Um, our, you know, you know what else I'm, uh, I'm noticing is how freaking gray <laughs> <laughs> our stream is right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you said my beard, and I was like, oh, that's, no, that's how freaking gray your beard is, buddy. <laughs> I just realized you better put on cologne. Your, your, your beard is gray, son. <laughs> no, but I, we made this background when we when we uh, went from Improv FAQ to the Improv Network, and then and then just by coincidence, Bob and I have both started uh, yeah. having these <laughs> these gray backgrounds and uh, very, we, we'll, we'll switch it up, everybody. We're, yeah, <laughs> we'll be better. Yeah, we're not. This is not a podcast about like home decor or decorating or you know color matching. This is this is about improv. And improv well, we're about to, we're, yeah. it should be plaid if anything, but all right. Well, uh, enough about enough about the uh, the gray aesthetics here. Well, and and also this is amazing. But we're going to bring on uh, our guest for the episode. And um, ladies and gentlemen, you know where you love her. Uh, she is the creator and director at Improv On and Off Stage, uh, which offers virtual classes, um, workshops and events for performers and non-performers. Uh, she's based in Austin. Right now she's gonna be joining us from Massachusetts, she thinks. And <laughs> please, please welcome our good friend, Shannon Stott. Yeah, it's a Shannon Sunday. Hey, it's Shannon Sunday, y'all. It's Shannon Sunday. Yeah. I have chosen a pink wall so yep. that we can have some pop of color. Yeah. Me, improv is all about decor. And I was also realizing that, like, oh, Shannon's also rocking, like, gray silver. Much more stylishly than we are. It's just, right. like, our background. <laughs> but, like, it's very, yeah, I could not have um, been more awkward about pointing this out. Um <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. I love the thunderous applause. Uh, yeah, oh, we are we are mm -hmm. here. We are here and loving it. Yeah, I think I'm. I am definitely in Massachusetts. I'm. I'm in Massachusetts, and I don't know. That's all I can say because I can't remember exactly <laughs> off the top of my head. Where you wake up in Massachusetts in the witness <laughs> relocation program. Yeah, oh. like I nope. no one knows. No one knows where we are. But it's but it's very uh, nice. Yeah, uh, getting some nice sun in the in the window there. Um, I can't have the window too open uh, for light because I get just like um, th this side of my face just gets like hot through the stream. So shades <laughs> up, shades drawn. Mm -hmm. um, anywho, let's get to our topic. Yes, um, our topic for this episode is going to be tension. Um, which I think is, uh, I'm excited to talk about this because I, I guess we've talked about it um, under like some other topics yeah. in the past. Um, I think namely in our um, episode with Steve Kleinedler, we talked about uh, conflict, right? And um, one of the things we were talking about was tension. But I think there's a lot of different ways to talk about tension. 
how it plays into um, conflict in scenes is um, is one of them, and we can uh, explore that. But um, yeah, in general, I was just thinking about like whether tension is is sort of like a core principle of um, of uh, something that you can kind of like aim at or focus on and get good results from like thinking about or, or not thinking about, but like focusing on. Um, because uh, to me, um, I was thinking about it mostly in terms of like, oh, this is a really good about how to have um, scenes, scenes where you have uh, different wants. Um, and, uh, and, and so people who might not like wanna be, like in real life would just like leave the room or whatever it's a reason to like stay and uh, sort of um, give a layer to the scene that keeps people in the same room that are like have tension. So um, I don't know that that was uh, kind of my starting point for thinking about it. What comes to mind for you guys when you uh, first hear tension in terms of improv? Uh, one of the first things I learned about tension was all after is, is a release of tension. So that's when I started really considering how important tension is and how how tension is is almost uh, it's almost like uh, it's a byproduct of of pacing, right? If you pay something and add stakes, you you automatically get that organic tension growing, uh, which is also it can benefit from having a strong character with a strong want or point of view, uh, which you can manipulate and then grow from there. Um, so yeah, that's that's usually what I think of when I think of tension. Yeah. There's so you know this, and this is why I'm here because I like to get off topic. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two minutes a minute forty five for more attention. Bring it. Let's go off the rails. <laughs> Have you guys <laughs> seen Rick and Morty? <laughs> but it's not that far away. Like the when I think about when I think about tension, I think about the audience, right? So right. what where what is your going back to what Bob said about the release of laughter? How do you keep your audience in a space where they are leaning in enough, right? So that you can release tension, you can release and that tension comes out as laughter. And some of that, I also think about silence, right? A lot yeah. of people, how about, I think silence is underrated in improv. I think people really want to get their jokes in so fast and build that way. And sometimes that's great, but you can only expect a laugh a minute for so long. Like you're gonna lose, you'll lose your audience. Yeah. And in order to gain them back one way, one way to gain them back is just to be quiet. Hmm. No, I think you're right. Cause I, I, when you talk about like laugh a minute I think about Robin Williams on stage and he would do scenes, but it was like a bunch of mini scenes that kind of <laughs> bounced off each other. You don't get long, long form from Robin Williams. You, you got a laugh per second, but that is a skill. Like that is a crazy skill and few of us have it, you know? So I, I'm putting that expectation on yourself on stage is, unless that's your goal to be the next Robin Williams, it's, it's rough. And yeah. And, and then even with Robin, with that. Yeah, you said, say that last part. And it's hard to build off of that for your Yes, partner. yes. So the, the, those two things. One, if you have, with Robin Williams, especially during stand-up, right? When he was doing stand-up and he was just going, going, going. One of the things that you recognize, at least it, for me, that I would, that I recognize is that sometimes people are laughing at themselves for not mm -hmm. being able to keep up with Robin Williams, right? Robin yeah. Williams has like, depending on when he, what he was doing, his train of thought and his thought process and the way like his jokes were coming, were just like, they were coming. He, he was inspiring himself. Like he would say right. something and it would trigger something else. And after a while, you're almost just watching him uh, be physical in his own body. And that is causing you to laugh, but he didn't leave any space, <laughs> like, no. he hardly ever left any space for the, for an audience to lean in. Like we were just on this ride. And then to your point, you can't, it's very difficult to do that with another person. Like you have to let them have a word in edgewise, I guess, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. I think with like Robin Williams or, or, or anybody who um, as like a solo performer, 
uh, goes at that speed for so long, it almost be that becomes the yeah the source of tension that like that like yeah. good lord they're not stopping and and there's a tension mm-hmm. of like oh my gosh <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like and and the yeah laughing is a way of like releasing tension and I, just speaking of like stand different uh, stand up comedians in this way who have like sort of an, an improv <clears throat> um, are also very much feel like improv people. Um, Steve Martin also uh, with, talks about his sets where he kind of did like sometimes like anti-humor or like he wouldn't have like true punchlines, like build and break punchlines. Um, and uh, he, I think it's in his master class that he talks about like, uh, like if I, it, to, conventionally standups would build tension and then break it with a punchline but I would never have real punchlines to my jokes. And I would discover that if you don't break the tension, eventually the audience will. So like for themselves, like it's just this rolling tension yeah. that eventually needs the audience is going to have to release it. So, so again, it, it, it kind of feels like almost this force of nature to build and break tension. And like that, that it's a sort of a, um, like an element like an elemental thing that like we as humans do. And so like harnessing it. Yeah. I I guess again, is like why I thought uh, this would make a good topic to unpack. Yeah. The thing you said about harnessing it, I feel like we, we should talk about that some, because is there, is there, are there things that somebody can do to practice harnessing tension? What, yeah, are are there? What are they? Right, yeah. Y'all? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what I also want to talk about because because yeah. um, I, I this is, it is one of those one of those things like um, uh, like listening, right? Where it's like it's really easy to be like, I oh, just listen, just listen. But then it's it's like okay, well, in order to really get people to like exercise listening, you have to find ways to like quantify it. And sometimes, yeah, it's it's like hard to tell how how does listening express itself? How does tension express itself? How can you like recognize it? And um, how can you then like create it or even when even when it's like sort of absent, like, oh, we don't have tension or it doesn't feel like I'm listening. How can you kind of like um, help yourself out with uh, with like, um, you know, it's, it's like if you smile enough, like it'll make you happier just because like that's what your right. like body memory. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. how can I create some of the artifacts of tension and maybe that will like help us get to real tension. Um, I think silence is definitely one of them. Um, I don't know. We want to just like throw out maybe some other uh, ways of so getting to the off of you, uh, there was a wrestler in the 80s called Jake the Snake Roberts who always played mm-hmm. heel. And so that's a wrestling term for bad guy. He was he was always a heel. Uh, yeah. And he, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was one of the most popular because he would he was great at cutting promos. And then, and then the wrestling in the 80s, you just basically you would – have a character and know what what you want from the story of the match and then you just have to like talk it up you know uh, get basically project your character point of view onto the audience and he had a technique that made him more menacing and his technique was he would talk really quiet but but with with intent and when he would do that he his his intent would be that people lean in and it made it feel like what he was saying was more important. So we talked slow, low, but with intent. So I think that was always a really cool technique. Like if you're doing object work and you had a serious character to use that kind of tone to make everybody, including your scene partner, lean in and know like whatever I'm saying, I'm thinking about. And it has, and these words have weight because I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm saying. I'm being, being very particular in what I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. So to your point, or uh, to go deeper in that space, um, the idea being everyone else is everyone else is yelling, right? Now I'm a wrestler, and I'm a wrestler, and I'm right because oh, yeah, exactly. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> I saw the movie The Wrestler, and it was that for ninety minutes. Right, <laughs> I'm, I'm a wrestler, right? But if yeah, you come in and you're like, I'm a wrestler. Yeah. Right, then you're creating mm-hmm. tension, right? The, right? But the idea, the actual, the the actual thought is that um, w- realizing, witnessing what is happening on stage, what the energy is on stage and around and in the audience, and 
if you are able to find a way to be the opposite of that, that's automatically going to cause a little bit of tension and whatever the tension is. And you don't always, when I feel like people think about tension as fighting, like coming oh, at yeah. each other, like fighting. And that's not what we're that's not what we're doing. Uh, Sue is talking about the environment itself lend, lending itself to tension. And I love that too, right? How, what can we put, how do we build an environment around ourselves that immediately puts us at odds with that environment? And if you can, I love that idea that like, I'm a wrestler idea. And then like, but be the opposite of that. That's yeah. always going to have people lean into your character. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and what Stu was talking more about uh, more environmental stuff in her, in her comment. And yeah, yeah. Let's, can, we, can we just give that a read real quick? Because I think it's a great uh, little summary. Uh, Sue says, I, I find it interesting when the environment itself lends tension to the scene, such as a sinking ship, a house with a poltergeist, etc. And the characters in the scene are oblivious to the peril until it's <laughs> uber extreme. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a great, um, yeah, definitely a, a great point of tension is the environment. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, and what's fun about that, actually, that got me excited. Um, what's fun about that is you, the art, the art, the artistic part about that is that you, the improviser, knows, right? You know that there's a poltergeist. You you know, Shannon knows there's a poltergeist in here. The audience knows there's a poltergeist because it was their right. suggestion. Everyone knows, and so if you are artistic enough, if you can control it enough to be scared or to not know, or to even like just live your life in a regular, <laughs> a, right, a regular right. fashion. Right. And everyone's like, Oh no, she doesn't, she doesn't know there's a poltergeist. She's so right. silly. Where's, where's the poltergeist. Right. But you, yeah. you can play with that. And that's always yeah. a lot of fun. Well, it's like with, with environmental um, tension, it's more about being uncomfortable. You know, like, cause it, you, you usually as adults or as humans, uh, we want to be comfortable. We we're hot. We turn on the AC, we're cold. We put on a blanket, you know, we, we try to make everything, uh, as comfortable as possible. So the thought of our home or someplace that we are as a group agitating us causes like internal tension. And then how, if we're doing narrative, how's that internal tension, affect their relationship so that there's tension created there and then you know we can progress as, as a group gets bigger or the the agitator gets larger and the tension gets bigger like how is this affecting the relationship you know and and yeah and again to, to yeah no you yep well i was, I was just going to underline a point you made earlier shannon about uh, how um the uh, uh, tension isn't always, you know, necessarily conflict. I, I guess depending on how right. you're you're defining conflicts, but uh, but um, you know, tension could be between, uh, yeah, like it could be sexual tension, romantic tension. Um, it could be yeah. uh, tension between, yeah, yeah, um, uh, just uh, a, a couple of um, kids that can't take the teacher seriously. You know, uh, so it doesn't have to be like fighting. Right. Uh, just just to throw out some examples there. That's all I was looking to do. Or right. it could be. Two characters facing the same problem but have different approaches, and thinking and thinking yeah. the other one's wrong at their approach. It's not mm -hmm. so much conflict. It's just like I just wish you would see it my way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then also yeah. using silence, um, like uh, also the 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 point about silence being a great source of tension, like especially with the audience, like when they know something's going to happen. I was watching uh, I Think You Should Leave with uh, Tim Robinson, and there's a sketch in the, the second season um, where there's uh, in like a driver's ed class, they're, they're watching instructional videos and, the, and the, uh, the person, the actor in the video has these like tables. And um, it's just, a, it's a weird thing that the, the students wanna keep asking questions about. And at the top of the sketch, before they see the videos, Tim's, instructor character goes like, and I don't want to hear any questions about the tables. Um, and like, as the audience, you're like, okay, we're going to see some questions about the tables. The table, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you see the first video and the, and there's a weird thing with, with uh, tables. And then when the video ends, one of the kids or, or 
uh, uh, students in the course raises their hand and is like, what was her job? What's with the tables? And um, and then Tim goes to the front of the, the class and like just holds this tension because you know he's so pissed. It's the one thing he didn't ask. He asked not to, to get a question about. And like, so yeah, yeah again, that, that like, you can kind of wield that at, whether it's like because you established something early on explicitly don't ask me about the tables or because you've established a pattern and now the audience is like oh uh, cued into like this is going to keep happening and so you know the next time once it's established then you like purposefully take this big gap between the next time that we see that um that token occur um and you can get a big payoff just by like drawing it out being like yeah there it is, you know. Yeah. Wasn't that why the rule of three works? Because we mm. establish a pattern and then, like, it's up to us when we give them the third one. And is the third one going to be just a heightened version of the first two events or the complete opposite? So it's like, yeah, we learned, you know. Yeah. We didn't see it. There's table. something about the, like, this chair doesn't have two arms, so I keep falling over. <laughs> Great. So there's something about what you said about uh, just relationships in general. And it is interesting to think about how a relationship has tension in it that's not, that isn't negative. And then all the relationships that one has, like the relationship yeah, the relationship between uh, your you you Shannon and Bob and James, and then also uh, the relationship between Bunny and Cat and Bird, right? Like what the character relationship, and then what are we doing with the audience? And I wonder if there's talk to be had about, especially like in hosting. I'm wondering if there, if you are hosting a show, what your job is there as far as tension between the show and the audience, is there expectation there in, in hosting your, your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Bob. Yeah. My answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, so specific, what I'm thinking about when I'm like, what's happening in my head is uh, when you're setting up as a host, when you're setting up whatever narrative is coming. So like when, um, when you are introducing a, a series of short form stuff, right? Okay. Like what is your job there uh, versus what your job okay. is when you're setting up um, like a narrative, a, a, a Shakespeare narrative or whatever the right. narrative is going to be. How do you, how, what is the purpose of tension between the host and the audience so that they're prepared for whatever show that you're about to do or that whoever is about to, the troupe. Well, if, if we go back to you, like, like when hosting a game, uh, depending on the game, cause I, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, we do a game called Rap Attack and it's, it's just a rhyming game with uh, over rap beats. Uh, you I might not know about Beastie Boys or Beastie yeah. Rap or something. Yeah, yeah. rap is yeah. what I know. <laughs> so yeah, the person in front sets up the 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 rhyme based off of whatever word that you know the audience gives them, and two people in back have to simultaneously say the same word. Uh, but as a host, you know, since we do like we're doing a fake competition, we host it like, oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to see something amazing, something you've never seen before. Now, knowing darn well that this is not good rap music, this is not if you brought this to any rap mogul, they would kick you out the door. Right. Uh, but you you sell it. You sell it like what you're seeing is about to be the most amazing rap battle you've ever seen. This is for everything. This is West Side, East Side. This is all the coast. Um, this is, you know. This is for the title, so we're gonna we're gonna, what you're seeing is really important. So it it, it oversells, it, not mm -hmm. oversells, but it really sells. Like what you're about to see has some weight to it, so uh, people might enjoy it a little more. Because if you know, it's like a lot of not a lot of short form has that competition genre to it. 
just to yeah. just to give it that edge. Um, I don't know what the psychology of that is, but I, people find it more entertaining when there's something on the line with our improv. At least it was short form. So I love that that just that sentence. Like people find it interesting when there's something on the line, right? Yeah. And James, you had talked a, a little earlier about. Um, stakes the stakes of being being high or low what are the stakes of the scene and i love i love just equalizing equalizing that the idea of like to remember that whatever it is that's on the line like whatever it is that your stakes are that is what's causing the tension so how how can we up our stakes how can we up what's on the line so that we can come in in that rule of threes we can come in in the yeah. in the end and either release that tension uh either release it or continue or continue to have it yeah yeah that's yeah i think that that is um talk you know if we want people to take away like tips on how to harness tension that's another big one too is just like got to give got to give what's going on importance yeah. um whether and again whether it's in in the scene deciding that like okay well we're we're shopping for pots and pans but like it it is a big deal we have yeah. these are going to be the pans yeah. we live with for the rest of our lives yeah. this is what we're going to cook our children's food on if we're, yeah. up, we're gonna have skinny babies that don't do well in school, you know, because yeah. that's how babies work. Uh, but <laughs> we're gonna have babies that don't do well in school. <laughs> skinny babies, or 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 as a uh, going to school. <laughs> but and then and then again, even even as like a host or or uh, on the like sort of meta reality level of of uh, the performers and the audience, whether you're hosting and giving importance to. Yeah, the the rap battle or um, giving importance to the uh, the show you're about to do. We're like, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a perfect show. We're gonna try at least, you know. Like, we're gonna, it's it's like funnier if you if you build it up to be like this. We we have no script, no rehearsal, but it is going to be perfect. We guarantee it. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, then the the that's like the promise and then when it starts to fall apart and if you can pull it off then it's like that's tension um yeah well it's the like other the, promise, the game... oh sorry go please it, yes it's i it's my turn now the, other, the, the other promise yes. is the weight you were talking about the weight yeah. and i when i think about weight i always i always think about emotion and and you were yakking about these pots and pans right it's like <laughs> how how do we give weight to something so that our partners know that this is this thing, whatever it is, is important. Right. And I feel like we do that through emotion. So we can say like, this is really important to me. It's the, it's the biggest, bestest thing ever. Sure, sure, sure. But like, what is the emotion behind it? If I don't, if I don't have these pots and pans, I'm going to be sad or I'm going to be, I'll feel this way. If we can, if that's a clue to our partners yeah. as to say to them, like, this is where I want our attention to build. We need to build yeah. around this particular thing. And even if you, this is the other thing I want to say about tension and recognizing it is even if you do not say, if your partner does not say, I will feel, or I'm giving weight to this thing, you as a listener can be sure to pick up on things where people are giving weight. And I, I think that we fall into the habit of relying on our partners to give weight to things so that, or not even so that, because we think that they have an idea, right? We think they have an idea, but it's really, if we can just listen to what we're hearing, we can just start giving weight, right? If uh, about this um, pots and pans, like if you're buying pots and pans and they haven't said anything about these pots and pans are, you know, <laughs> are you're either going to put our make or break our kids and how they learn in school, whatever. Right. But if you're checking mm-hmm. these people out, if you're the grocer and they, there's no weight to the pans, like, ooh, the pans, oh, these pans, these pans were owned by Leonardo DiCaprio. They have magical <laughs> powers. I don't know. Yep. So uh-huh. like, good, good. This, we okay. do the yep. best improv on this show. All yeah, the yeah. improv. 
uh, <laughs> right here. But we're giving weight to the pots and pans. Right. And even if we're not the main character, if we're if I'm just a cashier, or if I'm a cashier, I can leave. But now the pans have weight, and this uh, this character that's taking yeah. them also can start putting weight into it and build tension. Right? That's what we're yeah. getting at. I mean, the general idea is you have a character who has a want, and that's your goal. The tension is built by the, whether or not you achieve that goal. Uh, and then the the emotion should reflect the why you have that want. So why is this important to you? And then you heighten that to sell it to your scene partner, hopefully. If not, your scene partner can pick your why, project that onto you, and also reflect that. And how does that affect your relationship? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I got it all on the, on the whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is kind of like you have to go – you have to think about it um, – almost in terms of like two wants right and um because it, it's it's and not just your your scene partners your own like like i i want the best pots and pans but i don't want to fight with my um spouse or partner or whatever uh, it's like so it, it, is that is that best or can you get away with just like having one want or is it always truly kind of like I want this, but I don't want the negative side effects of trying too hard to get it, you know? Mm. I, I think you can have one want because the other person's want could be, I just want you to be happy. So if you have a want, then I'll co-sign on it, even if I don't believe in it, just just to make you happy. They're like, yeah, have that, uh, uh, that line you hear all the time. Like, normally I wouldn't do this, but because I like you, I'll do this. So they'll, you know, you can use that as a crutch. And just co-sign on whatever that your your scene partner is doing because you the relationship is I care about you, whatever your want is, I'm gonna help you pursue it. Yeah, but I guess I'm wondering, like, like, you know, I I think it's something that we've talked about uh before where it's where it's like, what do you do when your things are going like sort of too well? That like, you know what I mean? It's it's like like like, uh, okay, well, I want to get these pots and pans. And it's like, yes, absolutely. We'll get the pots and pans that you want. And then it's like, okay, well, fine. Well, I want to. I don't want to shop here anymore. I want to go get sandwiches. Great, let's go get sandwiches. And, and it's kind of like this this cycle of just like um, nice yesing or yeah. yes-anding even. Uh, but it, it just feels kind of like boring or nothing's happening. Like, is the solution to that like bringing in another want? Like, does there have to be some, some kind of like that does the pull, pull and push and tension like have to be introduced in that case some other way for me it, i was going to say explicit versus implicit wants internal versus external wants right. listen spoken wants versus unspoken wants that's what i'm trying to get okay Woo, and- i follow <laughs> <laughs> like, you got it you got it spoken that's how you get the purple room unspoken. yes <laughs> i finally got there um there, when you find those uh, those scenes where one person seems to be acquiescing to another person's wants all the time, mm-hmm. if especially in class, if you ask that person who is acquiescing, uh, what is your want in the scene, they usually don't have one, and I think that is what the detriment is, right? They don't want they don't want anything like the person, like Shannon, it hasn't made up her mind as to what they want out of the scene or has, or do I have an emotional attachment to the person? So I don't, I ha- I don't know if I like them. I don't know if I hate yeah. them. I don't know if I want to have sex with them. I don't know any of those things about my relationship to the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so therefore I'm just like going along with whatever it is they say. And so for me, your want doesn't have to be verbal. You don't have to say, well, I don't want pots and pans, or rather, I, well, I want forks and spoons uh, rather yeah. than pot. You don't have to say that, but you can. But That'd you be a tight scene, say- though. <laughs> so tight. Tight. <laughs> so tight. But you do have to know in your heart, like in your mind, when you enter a scene, th- yeah. your relationship to your, uh, to the partner that you have like what is my relationship to the other character what is my relationship to myself and the environment and what is my want it it doesn't have to come exactly once like once you hit stage because maybe you don't know where you are you're still setting up scene but you do have to want 
something, yeah. whether you're telling your partner or not. I think that's a good example of people who, yes, but forget the and. And I would coach them to make sure your and has some kind of emotional stake to it. You know, yeah, I want you to have the pot because I want you to have everything. I, you know, I want you to, honey, I love you, whatever you want. You can have all the pots. I'll make pots. I'll learn. I'll be a pot maker. <laughs> I'll be a pot farmer. I have whatever pot, pot you farmer. want. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. it, it, it's kind of like uh, that's those are the driving forces, right? So it's like uh, if you think about tension, like dramatic tension. And we just think about, oh, he's making us wait for it. Because it's dramatic tension. That's yeah, what yeah. That, that's a great example of, <laughs> of uh, us streamyard streamyard giving us dramatic tension. Dramatic tension. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell, uh, I don't know where I cut out there, but but uh, the physical analogy of uh, like if you have a spring being pulled in opposite directions, like the the physical mm -hmm. forces that are that are pulling is where that tension comes from. Um, or if you have, uh, you know, if you're, if you're pushing down or if like, if you, um, if you lean against a wall and you push, uh, and, and your muscles are working like that's, you, you're putting, uh, you're putting a force behind in a direction, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and a want is a force that takes a character in a direction, um, yes. emotionally, uh, uh, relationally. I wonder, I'd love to hear you all talk about your feelings about when you see dramatic scenes that ha that are not resolved. So there's some, there is, there is tension within the scene maybe, and it's, it's dramatic, but then, you know, are we going to have this baby? Are we not going to have the, are we pregnant? Are we not pregnant? And then we're at the end of the scene, we're both looking at the, at the pregnancy test and the lights come down. Like, I wonder just what your feelings are about those types of scenes. Oh, I, I love those kind of scenes because that's a really? really cool, it's a really cool device for like character study and, and relationship study, all the stuff I'm really into. So I, I love that kind of stuff because it's also relatable. Even if you haven't been in that situation, it might be adjacent to something you've gone through and you can connect to. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I'd prefer it in, especially in like improv and and sketch. Um, I one, I don't think that that in a in a in a art form that has like you know a collection of um, it's almost just a collection of moments. You know, like the scenes are sort of like the the piece can have what feels like a little bit of like a resolve to it, but it doesn't have to come from like story for me. Um, I would rather the scenes themselves kind of like just be a visitation and you see this like uh, behavior happening and, and it kind of like underlines something true about the the, the world or, or absurd or interesting about the characters. Um, but we don't need to like, I don't like feel the need to have a, a solution. To, and, and it's like, I would rather walk away from a show raising more like questions um, than, than having every scene kind of give an answer for, for yeah, yeah. the questions that it raises. <laughs> Especially if you're going something the deep, whether or not you're like we're having a, a baby, what should we do? Like you, you, you don't want to hear my opinion on that, <laughs> you know. Like I'd rather have a, a was it the tiger and a princess type story uh, that that leads the audience, you know, in a discussion of oh that was a really cool character and mm. you know what do you think happened? You know, go go mm. full Inception and. <laughs> Not, are they in a dream are they not in a dream Who they're knows? not in a dream these are the reasons we don't know we in a dream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's well, funny because i i don't know if i not that i don't agree but i do know that i have been in multiple at multiple places Ooh, this okay okay Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been in multiple uh, shows where that happens and I am upset because cuz like I'm like just tell me the just tell me the answer. Did you have the child? Are you pregnant? Or you're not pregnant. I'm really right. upset about it. And I think I think if I'm analyzing myself right now in the moment, 
is that it looks to me that the characters don't, the, the actors themselves are copping out. That's what it looks like oh. sometimes. Like they haven't made a decision. Because have you ever been backstage and seen, uh, well, you can't see a scene from backstage, Julie. But like, have you ever talked to some actors after a scene like that and asked them what, what what's in the box? What was in the box? Like you right. asked them what was in the box and both of them were like, yeah, it was definitely a ring or it was definitely a cat. They like knew together, like we, whatever the force is that happens that like those characters, those people, those actors actually knew what was in that box or if they were pregnant right. or not. And I love that. I, I have seen scenes where you can, I feel like maybe the actors don't know. And so my question is how, how do you, how do you not do that? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, that's a great uh, question. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Bob. Uh, I think you got to act. It, even if you don't know, act as if, and make strong emotional choices. So it might be your grandma's ring or it might be a puppy in that box, but you know your character cares and it's and it's invested and whatever until you until you come to that conclusion what it is. And it, it might be you might have a slight variant between the two you know, actors when you get off stage, but you are you're telling a story. And the, the story isn't about what's in the box. It's about what, how, whatever is in that box is affecting the relationship. Whatever's in that box has an emotional weight to it. And if you are not acting as if, then you're not doing your job. Mm. Uh, the other way is kind of like when you watch people who just start improvising, like, hey, you, uh, where are we? Who are we to each other? Like asking yeah. the questions you're, you're supposed to be answering through your storytelling if you're, if you're doing that, then you get the very unsatisfying, like, lights down. Like, well, I guess that was their 20 minutes uh, on the next performance, you know. Right. I think that's the yeah. difference, too, in my experience. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think that, that like, the, you know, the other side of the same coin is, is that, like, if you are giving an emotional weight, then it doesn't matter what it is. So you might as well just name it. And I think so what's I think what's happening in the in the, the difference between the scenarios is like, oh, is it tension for the characters or is it tension for the improvisers? <laughs> like, is right. the audience watching this being like, are these performers going to tell us what it is? <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. the tension is like, is like, I don't think they know. I don't think that right. they know what it is. Yeah. And we're all just like, it, just say what 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 it is what and make a choice. So I'm always yeah. like, if if as soon as you feel tension as an improviser around like like frick, we open the trunk in the attic and we're like, oh, and you're like you're like, oh crap, now it's got to be good, and and that puts puts negative pressure on you as a performer. I'm just yeah. like, name it. Um, yeah. you're like, oh wow, it's it's the old yearbook from you know grandma's class in 1919 like whatever like just name it like um and uh and then move on uh, if if you know what it is as an improviser you're like okay it's a, it's a yearbook then then i think you don't have to say it but you like like you said bob can act on yeah. the, the, the feeling of it. as long if you're if you're I, if you're not naming it as a choice because you don't want it to be a distraction Cool. If you're doing it out of fear because you don't want to name the wrong thing, yeah, yeah. Because uh, sometimes I like not naming the thing only because I don't want it to become a list game or a description of of a you know of a prop. Because that's what all uh, object work is is you know make believe props. So I can tell you about this ring that I have in this box and it's shiny and it's four carats and it was given to me by my great great grandmother. Because she didn't buy the right pots, and I was a skinny kid who wasn't going to do well, so I she needed to invest in me. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you about that, but then the story is just about the ring, you know. Yeah, there's that. I feel like we have talked about emotion before. We we uh, you know we you have to talk about emotion if you're going to talk about improv. You have you do have to have an emotional stake to to whatever it is that you're choosing to do, and it is as we're talking about like ways to create tension, yeah, having an emotional uh, 
connection to anything is going is definitely going to help. And yeah, I I agree with this idea of, you know, the, the lights are coming down and no one has named the thing. If you have an emotional connection to the to the moment, you know, to the moment, then that tension can that can be earned. And that, ooh, can we talk about earning tension? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that, we would be jerks if we didn't. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. Can we talk about, no, no, no. That is another <laughs> subject. We have to stay focused, Shannon. <laughs> like we always do. I'm being so good today. I'm, James, come back to us. I feel like I'm being so good today. We're really, really talking about no, it. But like no. earning tension, because how yeah. do you... The, the, I feel like there are ways that you can fake tension, right? right? But what are the what are the ways in which you move through a scene and you do and you earn right. you earn the laugh, you earn the the dramatic end? Like, well, yeah, how? Yes, how? How? I think James, be, Bob, you can. I don't know. I missed a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> so the ways you can earn tension is the heightened attention that you discovered organically. Um, and maybe using devices such as proximity, uh, time, um, uh, size. So if, if the tension was caused by uh, a, a stick of dynamite, if it was a very large stick of dynamite, that creates its own tension. It's, it's a scary device. If it's a very, very small piece of dynamite, then it's a firecracker and you shouldn't be so afraid of it. Uh, you might lose a finger. That's it. Uh, if it's a large stick of dynamite that's 40, 40 miles away, not so scary. If it's in your hand, very scary. So you have proximity. Uh, if time, if it is a large piece of dynamite that has a short wick on it, uh, you don't have that much time. But if it, if it has a very long wick and you have like 30 years before it blows up, you're not as scared, you know? So those are, those are some of the things you can use to earn it or, or to uh, enhance that story. So the audience can get on board faster. Yeah. So I was frozen for a minute there, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, Shannon, if, if you could maybe uh, reframe it for me, because I, to me, it's, this is probably just like semantic splitting hair, but like, to me, it's almost like tension is how you earn breaking tension right so like um i'm curious like how, how are you like what do you mean um can you just uh, uh, re uh reframe the re idea of, of yeah, earning it I was yeah. Just, yeah i the, it, the question was how do you earn it because there are cheap cheap ways to earn it i, I guess they're not cheap but they like list listing things or the the rule of threes these things yeah. that you're doing very obviously and i don't mean that the um the device is obvious. I mean that the actor is like, oh, look, a carrot. Oh, look, another carrot. I wonder what's down this hole. I don't feel like that's like. <laughs> I might seem. I guess it's another carrot. Like, I, you know, it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> the old carrot in the hole. <laughs> Man, if I had a dollar for every time I watched that chestnut. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, I guess maybe, maybe um, like maybe what I would say is, uh, is emotion, right? Like I think that, that uh, if, if you're just kind of like blowing past things, it, also, it is also funny to me that, cause I, I can, again, you're like, like a carrot, another carrot, wonder what's down this hole. And then you like, just kind of hold and you're like, it's, uh, what is it? What is it? You gotta tell us. It's it's a carrot. It's a carrot. <laughs> why, why would it be anything uh, else? I, I, I was waiting for you to tell me what it is. <laughs> I don't know. You you can you know what I mean? Like like, but it's in that moment where you really have an investment of like of like, oh, I'm toying. I have an investment in toying with that moment between like the the obvious answer of um, I think it's a carrot. But instead of just like like rattling it off, you really take a moment yeah. to like invest emotionally on a meta level of like. I'm toying with your expectation of what it's going to be and whether I'm going to, whether it's going to be a carrot or whether it's, you know, going to be a beet or a shrunken head. Like, um, it's a broken head. yeah. Um, I want to, yeah. Can yeah. we look at this at Sue's question? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. How do you, <laughs> how do you deal with the tension that is inherent in contra controversial or sensitive subjects that come up sometimes? Um, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, so that's more of a dramatic way of playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like, I, I, my answer is always going to go to the relationship, right? Yeah. Um, have a character explain in their point of view about the subject and, you know, uh, and how does it affect them in the world? You know, if we're talking racism, uh, why is this racist person racist? You know, is it ignorance or is it just low self-esteem or whatever, whatever makes that person that, uh, and, and you're not going to get a lot of comedy out of that and you shouldn't. Uh, uh, but if, if it's a interesting approach at empathy, you know, not for that character, but for the subject itself. And yeah. I think just talking about empathy itself, um, that is a great way. I'm kind of moving away from that, that question. I'll come back, but that's a great way to earn tension to go back to where you're saying, if you can create a character that, that employs empathy that people can relate to, or just like that's a great way to build tension or dislike, you know, like having a monster of a person like, Oh, I, I, I that, that people are aware are in the world because there are some monsters in the world. So like establishing that one of the characters is that uh, is, I mean, is a way to create tension. So going back to what Sue was asking about like difficult stuff, it's how does this subject affect people or or why is this even how do you how do you deal with the tension of it yeah right we um i was in a i was in a a duo show where my partner and i were discussing that this my character had had an abortion uh in the past and we were talking about it and we got a basically an email late later from somebody in the audience that was like whoa, whoa, can you warn people or say something? I felt a way. And they, she, the email wasn't um, sad. Like the person wasn't angry at us. She was just sort of caught off guard and a little uh, on edge. She was uneasy. But the thing was, was our characters dealt with that situation in in quote real life like we weren't talking about it lightly we were going through um the the scene well and realistically and i think what happens is to sue's um how how do you deal with that tension is as honestly as you can and it takes Mm -hmm. a little bit of bravery right to Cause it's itchy. It's like, it's an itchy situation. And you're talking, Bob, you're talking about like racism, you know, abortions, like any, right. what other, there's like tons of things, adoptions, yeah. things gone wrong, things, death, all of those things. That tension, I think when improvisers are dealing with that, our, our superpower, if we're good at what we're doing is to use reality to level that tension, oh, yeah. right? And then obviously to release it with um, any sort of levity is extra, like you get to do that, but you can only earn that if you are as absolutely realistic and uh, uh, genuine in those situations as you can be. Yeah, because you got to take care of the audience in that situation. Yes, yes. Yeah, and you got to earn their trust. Like mm-hmm. if you do, if you do say something funny and or organically, you know, kind of like a laugh at a funeral. Like you're not trying to be funny right. at a funeral, but sometimes you, you say something just because you don't know what to say. You're human. Like if mm-hmm. you, yep. if you can convince the audience that they're safe, you are allowed to be human, and humans are naturally funny. So you can honestly, organically break that tension. And it's okay because everybody in the room is just being a human. Yeah. And I think, um, I think because everybody recognizes it, it's, it's like, if, if, if this is a, in, Sue said, um, inherent controversy, controversy or sensitive subjects, it, though you, we, we like we know the big ones, like the, the most timely mm-hmm. ones or, or the or the long standing ones, and and it's like so there, 
you can rest assured that not just you, but everyone in the audience is feeling that way. And I think we've maybe given this advice before, but one thing is that like the more uncomfortable you are about it, um, the more you're gonna add to the discomfort of the audience. Right. Um, but also I think that it's fair to kind of like play with that, um, to play with the acknowledgement of it. Uh, and I agree that like, do be genuine, be empathetic. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I guess like if it was a conversation in a, in a in a you know a cocktail party um uh, and 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 somebody's like so when do you think trump's gonna like <laughs> really really come back swinging and 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 you can just be like well, okay well i heard the yankees That's were good, doing good, well good. this season huh yeah. <laughs> like, for me to get a drink yeah uh, yeah like oh yeah how, how do we get down this path you know like right. you can kind of just like magnify or, or or um you can you can just play around with the fact that like whether the people in the audience might have different interests or opinions on whatever the tense subject is, but you can just kind of be the voice of the audience and, and uh, point out with and kind of play with the fact that like, well, this is tense, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, and that can kind of do a lot to break tension, ease tension and, and not have it feel have, and, and avoid like making it things more uncomfortable by like avoiding the obvious controversy yes, in the room that's the big yeah. one for me the avoidance because you said james said if you are feel the more uncomfortable you feel the more uncomfortable the audience feels and if you for me if if you're feeling that you have an opportunity to say the thing that the audience needs right like like yeah how about those nicks or whatever it is that mm -hmm. breaks that that <laughs> breaks that tension or releases rather that tension and you're doing yourself and you're doing the audience a favor but but you there is something to be said about hit acknowledging it i think you said this right at the end james like acknowledging it head on because when we we have such a we have such a power on on stage right and mm -hmm. when we choose to completely sidestep something we're doing everyone a disservice right. right because if we if we can be brave in those situations one we're helping the audience to be brave we're showing them like you too can do this and we're also like you said bob we're also letting them know that they're safe right yeah. like we get that this thing is uncomfortable and instead of just being like scene <laughs> like instead of yeah. doing that we can give it we can give it its due and move through it but there are also yeah. some to say like there's a time and a place for everything and if Hell someone's yeah. going into the yuck yuck house to see uh the battle royale of short form maybe uh those subjects are something to avoid <laughs> i mean like not yeah not everybody, you know uh because I'm, I'm thinking like yeah uh, and that would be up to the host going back to what yeah. you asked before like that'd be for the folks who are like whoa we're not talking politics today no you know like this is a, a, a no politics zone or whatever um and that and to that that's a that's also helpful if, if you're a host and to recognize that it's time for that Right. Right. Because mm -hmm. I've seen people like, oh, I guess I guess those those improviser up there, they're going to have to deal with that scene mm -hmm. about that thing, whatever it is. And it's like, no, no, you are the host or you on the sidelines. Oh, my goodness. Can we talk about like, <laughs> we have the to responsibility <laughs> of like the host? Yes. And the people if you're on the sidelines and you are watching some mess go down on stage and you're seeing that everyone is uncomfortable you can you can edit that scene goodbye scene you can you know and then you're you are helping but we all have to do this thing sort of together right because i think you're right there is a there is a time and a place and if you're in it some if you're on stage dealing with it sometimes you don't have the you, you can't see out of it. You don't know how to deal with it. You don't know how to react. And so it's up to the host. It's also up to your scene partners to edit, wipe, call you, you ring, ring, ring. There's a phone, telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is what I think about abortion. Ring, ring, ring. That's how you build the tension. Am I going to come back and talk about it? Maybe not. This might be an important phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Ah, I, I, I really got to get this. <laughs> 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 
excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it is tough. I mean, I, I think that that, that um, the I want to get behind the advice for courage and bravery in it and and genuineness uh, more than anything. And but but yeah, I think I think that really like the disclaimer to put on it is that like. Um, it's just not easy for like students or people earlier in their comedy and, and improv careers. Um, it's, it's just tough to, to, um, I don't know, like there must be some other, like, like, uh, kind of fail safe for it. You, and I think ring ring is it. Absolutely. I mean, I guess the general rule is you, you, when you first start, you're not comfortable on stage. So how are you going to make a whole room of people, comfortable when you yourself are uncomfortable it's like hosting a party if you're uncomfortable you don't like the way your house looks if you didn't you know if you didn't make enough food if you like if you're uncomfortable then you're going to be a bad host mm -hmm. and if you're going to host this story that has some some i don't know some conflict already rolled up into it like maybe it's not time for you to to speak yet until you develop your voice and get a little bit stronger and actually think about do you actually have something to say Mm -hmm. you know because you because some people might mistaking might mistake your scene as your comments on on these things and you know that's too much that could be too much pressure for someone who's just starting out that's an interesting just that that's maybe for another show but i like yeah. that idea of talking about how what the perception is the what what how what you're saying is being perceived and yeah. that the audience can come away thinking oh that's what you think and you're like no no yeah. no 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 i i just yeah. play santa claus yeah, i don't yeah, actually yeah. own reindeer. there's a difference between carol connor and and archie bunker you know right. <laughs> there's a difference there's and yet and he was a fantastic actor who had people writing his lines for him and you know it took a room full of people to create a character that was safe enough to speak like that Yes. Which is yes. all my improv characters. Right. <laughs> I have a room full of people coming up with my characters for me yeah. so I can safely I'm perform. Your piece. I, I, I'm wearing your piece. Like people tell me what to say on stage. I'm just a puppet. Uh, so, so real quick, I, I, I have one little loose end uh, before we, um, before we wrap up here, uh, uh, going back to hosting real quick. And I'm curious to get your uh, thoughts on this, Shannon, because we were, we were talking about, um, uh, how as a host with the audience, you can kind of build tension or stakes around the show. And I think that that's a little bit more clear for me um, in like short form or how it applies in the scene for a character, uh, giving importance to what's going on. And uh, I really like to do more like high concept shows that that have a, a little bit of like a high wire act to them. So in the intro to those shows, that's, I, that's again, obvious to me how to put it in there. But if you're doing like just like a montage or um, something I guess more loose. Um, how do you approach uh, introducing that kind of show in a way that still feels like it elevates the the theater of it, but like is still kind of chill? You know what I mean? Like, or, or how do you how do you approach it? Yeah, for I I love this idea of the party, right? Like, all if you have whatever the theme of your party is, you want to be in that in that theme. But as the host, you also are being looked to as a, a tiny bit elevated above what's going on on stage, right? You have the control, you, the audience rather, at, thinks that of you. They, you're the ringleader or what the, the host of the party. So as far as, as far as tension goes, this, I've had, as far as tension goes, knowing what the audience, knowing your persona, right? And then building on that persona and being able to move within that persona. That's my that's my thing. And I think people really, especially young improvisers, feel like they just bring themselves. And that's cool. That's yeah. cool. But you really have to know who it is, what it is that people are leaning into. For myself, I know that people... People, when people see me, they're like, oh my gosh, there's Shannon. All she does is smile and act excited and she's excited and exuberant <laughs> and whatnot. And sure, I lean into that. I have to lean into that so that everyone feels safe, right? And the tension becomes 
for me, I I love doing the like, okay, everyone, I'm so glad you're here. We are welcome to the show. Uh, I don't need any flash photography. You, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I see you pulling out your phone right now. I need you to put it away. I'll wait. Great. Thank you. Okay. Now we can, right? So like, I know that, like, so that the audience understands, and that's my version of tension. The audience understands I'm in control. Like I may be like excited and fun, but I definitely am in control of my audience. Um, and they respect that. They respect that like diversity and duality. duality. All right. I'm satisfied with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> But that is just, just, I love the persona thing. We could, tell, I, I want to um, maybe make that next time you're on Shannon, I would love to talk about yeah. like, um, yeah, like uh, your onstage persona as like your uh, just performer self, like in between games or in between, you know, setting up shows and stuff. But um, I, then, then the party thing too is, a, is like, it's a sensible lure when you get to a party and the host is like, uh, welcome everybody. You, you're like, I can't wait to have a good night. So there is like a, a mm -hmm. sense of tension. That, in that allure, you know. Yeah, I um, love that. Word. Okay, cool. Well, this was such a great conversation. Got uh, street noise coming through. <laughs> You're doing great, I James. Really, yeah. We are cheering for you, James. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm just trying to lean into my persona here. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining. Um, this has been a great conversation. Kurt, also, are you... <laughs> Are you are you watching on Facebook and YouTube? You're commenting from both. <laughs> Thank you wow. for adding to our numbers. That's a super fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this is a great conversation about tension. Um, so thanks for joining, Shannon. Always great to have you on. Um, anything that you wanted to plug right now uh, that's coming up um, on your on your classes or anything else? Uh, always look, just go to shannonstott.com. There's some, or follow me on Instagram, Shannon, Shannon Stott Improv. I, I, there's lots of stuff happening in the world and it's all right there. That's awesome. nice. Yes. We'll, we'll drop a link, uh, to the website. Right. In the comments there. Yay. Cool. Um, great. Thanks again. And thanks to Sue and Kurt for joining us and um, chiming in. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will catch you next time on the Improv Network podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.